Welcome to episode 141 of Shane Lenard Batman. I am your host. Uh, I'm Tom Harper. Hi. Hi, Kyle. It's been a minute. You know, been on the road for a long time. Uh, hi. How's it going, Rockstar? Uh, good. You know, we just had a release of uh, our newest uh, album. We were on the road yesterday, and, uh, you know, we heard our uh, our new single in Wisconsin. So, I mean, we're, we're doing it. We are making it happen. See, I told you so, guys we're gonna get Tom back on the show one of these days. I'm just slightly fatter, <laughs> a little browner, and uh, less hair. So, uh, yeah, 141. Yeah, here we go. Good show. <laughs> <laughs> just, just end it right now. <laughs> that would be amazing. It's like, why is this podcast right, so- only like? 60 seconds long. Did something happen? <laughs> <laughs> They've lost their minds. They've literally lost their minds. Um, so I'm your host, Justin Chandler. We got Kyle Davis over in the Mitten State. I being all mitteny. Is that even a word? Uh, it is now. So th- we were going to do a Birds of Prey uh, trailer breakdown, but that'll be the next episode. <laughs> we got more uh, pressing matters here. The Joker made its debut, and this is going to be a heavily... We're going to spoil this movie, Kyle. Do we, should we just make the rules right now? We haven't... Like, literally, we haven't talked before this. Uh, I, Kyle's I, about I, to make dinner. I'm trying to think if it's possible to really deep dive into this movie without spoilers. Like we we literally this is us just like I hit up Kyle. I was like, "Hey, you want to record?" He's like, "Yeah, when?" I was like, "Now." He's like, "Hold up, I'm about to make dinner." Yeah, I was, I was like, put, I was literally getting everything ready, and then I'm like, "Okay, let me just set this aside." Put for your fillet, put your fillet away, Kyle, in your risotto, and then let's let's just do this. Let's do it now. Do put it. away your f- fine wines, your your expensive adult chocolates. I'm more of a brandy man myself. Um, and let's just do this. Uh, so yes, heavily, heavily spoiled. So if you have not seen the Joker and you do not want to be spoiled, this is not the podcast for you. So before everyone gets angry, I'm telling you right now, if you have not seen the Joker, if you're one of the three people who have not seen the Joker, turn this off, turn this off now. Because once once we get going, we we warned you there was your PSA, there there it was right there, Kyle. So we don't want to hear about your litigation that you're gonna come at us with because we spoiled the movie. We don't want none of that nonsense. We just want to talk about a very spoilery review of the Joker. So we're gonna give you about five more seconds to hit that uh, pause button, go see the Joker, and then come back and listen to this episode. All right, Kyle. So, what'd you think about it? When did you see it? What was your uh, theater experience like? I went and saw it Friday morning in 2D IMAX. No, ooh, 
2D IMAX. 2D IMAX. I was a little disappointed that there was not a lot of people there, but I mean, it was 10 in the morning on a Friday, so it's kind of expected. Kyle, nobody wants to see that smut at 10 in the morning. Except for me. <laughs> my, my schedule's weird, though, so I, I get into where I can. But anyways, there was like me and like, Maybe like five other people in the whole theater. <laughs> was there was there any police there? Was there a police presence? No, there was not. Well, maybe later in the day there was, but as far as I know, for the morning showings, no. There was. So when I got there, I was like, "Oh shit!" There, and I went and saw it Thursday night at seven forty-five. So I get there, I'm like, "Oh shit!" There's no police here because <laughs> like we all these all these like like alerts were for like Texas. Like you were, we're expecting, you know, all this craziness in Texas, blah, 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 blah. So I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to wing it. You know, I'm going to find my exes just in case anything happens. You know, I got, did you get a Joker poster? I did not. I got two Joker posters. So I, we get in there. I'm like, okay, there's no, get my tip, you know, do my ticket thing. And then, uh, I see police. It's like, oh, thank God there's police. Woo! Thank goodness. I feel comfortable now because it's been on like people like my students are like, are you really going to go with all the, you know, the craziness surrounding the movies? Like, eh, I ain't worried about it. But as soon as I stepped in that theater, I was like, oh, I'm worried about it. <laughs> so uh, I get in there. I see police. I was like, oh, thank goodness. Get my seat. I'm like right in the middle, like middle section, middle. Uh, and all of a sudden I see two people walking with backpacks. I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. Oh, shit. It's like, fuck. <laughs> and so the guy next to me is literally like his head's turned for like five minutes. And he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> so it was like really uncomfortable and uneasy. So like the entire time I'm kind of like looking in the back just to make sure like like when anything like major happens to like. And like, you can't see me, but I'm like looking back right now. I'm just like, so it's kind of like my experience was distracted to say the least. Like, you know how you're like, what, when, when you've seen a movie before, but you're, but you're on your phone, you're like looking at Twitter or Facebook or whatever. That's yeah. kind of how, like how my experience was. Like I was enthralled with what I saw, but I was kind of like at any moment is, do I need to like jump out, you know, <laughs> right, jump right. out the theater? Um, but it was packed. Uh, they had like they had like seven or eight showings that night, you know, like different theaters showing it. Oh, like okay. once like one seven thirty, one like eight fifteen. That's a lot for opening day. So, uh, what did you think of the film? I thought it was a very what's the word for it? It was a very enthralling movie. I will say I was. So uh, very positive because, you know, enthralling. Positive. positive yes. I will, I will say like this movie definitely. It's, I mean, obviously, it's the Joker movie. It's rated R. It's not your conventional comic book movie. But this movie, this film. Induced a lot of emotions out of me at various points throughout. I, I which part, which I, parts were, were those like emotional beats for you? When the Joker's getting his ass kicked every five minutes, <laughs> uh, somewhat for those, but like I, I'd say the big one, the big feelings for me were near the end when uh, it was the lead up towards his appearance on the the talk show. Uh, the 
what is it? The Franklin Murray show? Franklin Murray, I think, yeah. Or Murray Franklin. Something like that. Yeah. But like the entire build up to that was it it, it just hooked me in so deeply. I was I could not turn my head away from that screen for a moment. Like I I remember uh, you know, seeing a few pages of the script months ago. And that scene was in there and I just stopped reading. I was like, I do like, I don't want to, like, I don't want the end. Like I knew what was happening. Like, you, cause you kind of had that feeling like it's either going to go this way or the next way. He's either going to kill himself or he's going to, uh, shoot, uh, Robert De Niro's character. Kyle, find out what his fucking name was. It's going to bug me. I think it's Murray Franklin. It's um, definitely Murray something Murray. Or Mari Povich. Um, so like, I, I love the movie. Like it's very dark. It's not your father's Joker movie. It's not, Mm -hmm. you know, it's much more sinister than I expected it to be. Like, it's very much a character study on a man falling apart and losing, not only losing his grip with reality, but, uh, but losing his faith in society if that makes sense so he's losing it like the entire movie that like the ending is pretty ambiguous and we'll get to that point here uh closer to the end of this episode but i loved it like i love the score and joaquin phoenix was phenomenal what a tour de force uh portrayal of that joker uh everyone that's in that film does such a wonderful job I didn't really realize this at first, but after after getting out of the movie and reflecting on it, he is in every single scene of the movie. There's not a single scene that does not feature him front and center. I didn't realize that. See, I thought you were gonna talk about I thought you were gonna say uh you didn't realize how many different callbacks there were to various different Joker stories. Oh no, there because was, there's so there, there was a lot of them for sure. I know some of them. So like the Frank Miller, the Dark Knight Returns, mm-hmm. uh, we got that. Uh, the joke at the end where he's telling the joke felt like a lot of Alan Moore. Um, the Heath Ledger version of the Joker because we got the, there were like two. There's like three Heath Ledger things in there that I noticed to like, uh, you know, the moment where he was arrested and you see him in the cop car. That was to me reminiscent of, uh, you know, Heath's version of the Joker. And then, you know, right after uh, the police car gets rammed and they get him out and he's, uh, you know, kind of stands up on top of the police car and you see like this look. It's like it's not like the the camera, if I remember correctly, isn't really in focus. Um, But it's do you remember that scene in the Dark Knight where he blows up the police station? That dude has that bomb in his stomach. And he's like, is that a phone? And there's an explosion. Yeah. And you see like all that like debris falling. And you see he's lit hair like kind of like all messed up. Like there's a moment where Joaquin Phoenix looks exactly. I wouldn't say like exactly like Keith Ledger's Joker. But that the beats of that moment are in uh, Joaquin Phoenix Joker. Like you'd have to like really like I watched The Dark Knight right before. So I was like, I'm like, I'm I, like, I'm just curious to like, because it's been a minute since I saw that movie, probably like six months, like all the way through. So I was like looking at like all the like little nuances, you know, do 
you know, I think he, uh, Joaquin Phoenix doesn't do like the tongue thing across, you know, like what, what am I expecting? But, uh, you know, there was a lot of like little subtle callbacks to Heath Ledger. Um, when he, like there's a few callbacks to the Cesar Romero, um, Joker, when he grabs the, you know, the blood from his lip is, and he does that, like he does that thing over his mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it was like, it was like a greatest hits album of the Joker. Like you have all these different beats and moments, but at the same time, Joaquin Phoenix just makes the role his own. Mm-hmm. This Arthur Fleck character, you know, even that, even yeah. the way that he kind of portrayed it. I, remember I, do how- str- I do want to stress that he's not just a copycat of any other Joker. And there's, like I said, there's little elements here. You're like, oh, I can kind of see the resemblance there. But for through and through, he's definitely his own Joker. He does not, he is not like a copycat of Jack Nicholson or Heath Ledger. He he stands on his own, 100. percent Yeah, and like what I, what I noticed is, uh, I just lost my train of thought. It's gonna have to come back to me. Um, oh, but his, you remember how in the the Dark Knight he kind of gives, you know, multiple origins to a story yeah like the way that they played up the ambiguity ambiguity of this film kind of felt like that as well because you're like what's real what's not real especially with the ending especially with the ending (laughs) you're like you're like is this a was you know was all this made up in his head because you have those scenes where you think that he's uh meeting with zazzy beats character um and uh, you know, he ends up, he goes into her apartment and it was like a sixth sense moment where he's like never even met with her. So they kind of played up like, you know, is this, wh- was this uh, all real, what we just saw? And that just to me made it, to me, that's the final, like that's, you remember in The Killing Joke? You know, where he, you know, plays that last, you know, joke and he kind of laughs and everything. To me, that was like that killing joke moment in this film was he kind of played it off. Like, was this was this all, you know, my my delusions coming, you know, out? Am I am I still in the hospital kind of a thing? The mental institution, because mm-hmm. it mentioned that he was in a mental institution in you know the story. But uh, what's interesting is to see kind of him. His his origin story is always kind of like like ambiguous. Like, is this really what is he really telling the truth, or is this like uh, what do they call that? Uh, where the narrator is giving you the wrong information. The I can't unre- remember un- unreliable narration. Yeah, yeah. That's so. I'm like, is that what's going on here? I love the ending, but mm-hmm. at the same time, like that's what the Joker wants. He wants you to question. Everything he wants you to question society. He wants you to question, you know, this and that. And he, you know, he goes like, uh, he's talking to the doctor, and he's like, in the in the doc. I think I don't remember if the the doctor said something or he says it. Someone goes, "Do you want to hear a joke or something?" I think the doctor says like, "What was the joke you're gonna tell me?" And he goes, "You wouldn't get it or something." Are you talking about the very end there? Yeah, at the very end. Yeah, she she asks him what's so funny as he starts laughing. Uh huh. And that's when he goes, "I just thought of a joke." You wouldn't get it. So I'm like, is that like him saying like everything that you just saw wasn't real? And then all of a sudden, like he walks out. There's like bloody, 
uh, blood, bloody footprints and he's running away. I didn't like that sequence where he's running from the orderlies. I was like, <laughs> I could have done without that. It was, um, a little, it was a little too Scooby-Doo for my liking. Yeah, I did. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? You just ended it so perfectly. Like you should have, it should have been a call. It should have been a shot to him, you know, you know, everyone kind of like making him the hero of the story. And, uh, as much as I love this film, I wasn't like a big fan of that part. Like, don't get me wrong. The film was a masterpiece, but these are just my own Joker preferences. Like this has nothing to do with the, the, the story. This has nothing to, you know, the overall product of the film. I don't want my Joker to be heroic. I mean, he's not really. He's kind of like, he's kind of looked as more or less an anti-hero, I guess. Kind of like the underdog finally getting his comeuppance. Kinda, you know what I'm saying? Or Right. So, like it, I it mean. Is, it does have a kind of a weird feeling where it's like, yeah, even though it wasn't his intention, he still somehow managed to rally like all the poor people of Gotham against the rich people in a like heroic act but again because of the way that the movie ends it then immediately calls into question everything in the movie you never like a, truly know what was real and what was not right right and uh with that being said what's interesting is i mean let's just look at let's just pair this away and look at joaquin phoenix's performance the only issue that I, there, I have two issues with the film the rest, it's a masterpiece. Phenomenal. These are just my own personal preferences. I wanted another action beat. I thought that it lacked in the action a little bit. There could have been something here. He could have robbed a bank or did something because uh, he does go into the bank. So I'm like, all right, he's gonna rob this bank. He's gonna do something to this, you know, girl. But that didn't come. That didn't. That didn't happen. Um, and I wish he was the Joker for about another seven or eight minutes, like in full Joker makeup, because once he's the Joker, like full on. Yeah, he's he's really only that for like the final 20 minutes of the movie. It kind of felt like, you know, Two-Face in the Dark Knight. Somewhat. Yeah, I, I, I can agree with that. And I mean, like that. There's that plenty of least... times where he is dressed up as a clown, but he's not the Joker, you know? Right, right, right. And I have no, like, these are, like I said, this is not a slight against the film. This, these are just personal preferences. I just wanted another action beat because once the action, kind of, like, that moment on the train, I was like, oh, my God, Todd Phillips can make direct an action sequence. What's the next thing that's going to happen? So it just, like, you know what I'm saying? Those are my only two beefs with the movie, and they're not even beefs. It's just, like, I wish this would have been played up more over here. I wish we would have got to see more because I love his look as the Joker. Like once he's full on, you know, because we got we saw like a lot of like stills of him as a Joker. Like I thought it, like he was going to be played up a little bit more. Um, I don't know. What do you what about you, Kyle? What did you, any any issues that I just brought up? Did you feel the same kind of way? A uh, little bit. I mean. I'm not opposed to the idea of a slower character focused story, but yeah, there, there were definitely a couple months where I'm like, okay, maybe just move on to the next scene now, maybe. Uh, and speaking of action, action sequences, I think a good thing they could have done there was right after he goes into the, the one girl's apartment, I thought it was just a little weird how he does that. And then he goes back home to his apartment and then he gets ready and just goes out. And that's when the detectives show up. It's like, 
shouldn't she have called the police proper? Not just the detectives? Like, <laughs> and it could have had like a little chase there. It was, it was a little weird, but, you know, unreliable narration and all that. I mean, what did you over what let's let's look at his performance overall. What did you what were your thoughts um of Joaquin Phoenix as this Arthur Fleck as this Joker character? Honestly, I'm I'm really racking my brain to try to find some sort of criticism. I don't know if I can. His performance was very believable as a mentally challenged kind of hard down in his luck person that has his will just broken over and over again before he eventually snaps goes on a shooting rampage and we get the, but did he though? But did he, or, you know, no, no, no. no, I'm not saying maybe it was just in the asylum the whole time. We never know. No, 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 I'm not, I'm not even saying that, but when you say a shooting rampage, let's look at the one on the train. He's being, getting his ass kicked. Oh no, I'm talking about that. I'm talking about the, the talk show later. Because like the thing, well, about I can't. It, I can't say that that's a rampage though. He only shot one person, and then he just grabbed the camera. He just shot like it was like more like I'm getting even with you. I mean, he's still on the air shooting a person. It's it's a shooting. Yeah, but is that quote unquote a rampage? When you say rampage, maybe, I think like maybe, maybe multiple not, but, people. But it's all emotionally driven. I would agree, but I don't know. I would cons- I wouldn't consider that a rampage. I yeah. consider okay, you that can, you can nitpick my language all you want. No, no, Still. it's not nitpicking. I just, I'm, I'm afraid if we say stuff like rampage, then, you know, it gives credibility to what like the CNN, cause I've been fighting them bastards all fucking week oh, over the know, this Joker. That's, shit. A, that's all nonsense. So I mean, like, if we, anything like, I, is encouraging that kind of behavior, it's not the movie. No, like go watch John wick. Now that's a fucking rampage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey that dog needed revenge okay did you like that third movie that those dogs are killing more people than the joker did <laughs> anyways back on point i just found his um, performance incredibly enriching and very believable and not for a single moment was i like i don't know about this i'm like no i i get the character where he's coming from and then you know from scene to scene his actions while they're the actions of a crazy person, I, I'm kind of following the logic and I can see how it go from point A to point B, et cetera. Yeah. And another thing is like you see him, you see his entire arc, but it's not like, you know, a regular arc where it's kind of like you, he starts somewhere and ends on like a happy note. It's kind of like you see his arc slowly falling into madness. He's like slowly crumbling like the. The walls a, are closing a in. The found- yeah. yeah, like his his foundations are slowly uh, sinking in t- kind of a thing. So, which was interesting because there's not – I wouldn't say you're rooting for him, but you just want him to be treated fairly. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like throughout the movie, he, he's getting mugged by these kids. He, he's getting – ridiculed by these rich people on the subway etc cetera, etc cetera. and all of this is while this is happening you're just like man i feel bad for this guy but at the same time you know that if he were to have it his way and get his revenge it's not going to be very pretty and it's probably a little too much mm-hmm. 
So um, throughout the entire movie, I'm always conflicted about like how I want things to actually go. So when we like months ago, I told Kyle a quote unquote spoiler of the movie, and you were pretty pissed off about it. That was the is Thomas Wayne the Joker's dad? Um, when you saw that play out on the big screen, was it still something like? I guess my question is, if that were the, to be the case, where Bruce Wayne and the Joker were brothers. Would you have been angry? Yes. But uh, thankfully, that's not what ended up happening. And I actually, we found the stuff after that to be a lot more interesting and kind of glad they went that way instead. Yeah, because that was, because uh, Kyle's like, I think it was one long, F you, I don't want to see this movie now. I Yeah, I was just like, I just don't want that. That's. I know creative liberties and all that, and that's just like I, that's something I cannot get behind is the how intertwined the origins of both characters can be. Right, that's like having uh, Lex Luthor and Kal El being brothers. <laughs> exactly, it's like what? <laughs> that'd be that'd be way fucked up though. That that <laughs> would I'd have so many questions. But. FYI, Max Shrek and the Penguin are supposed to be brothers in Batman Returns. True. That's how it was in the script. That's how it was in the script. Mm-hmm. That would now that would have been interesting. Um, which doesn't make any sense because Max Shrek has a different last name than Oswald Cobblepot. I don't know Shrek and Cobblepot. I know they're kind of the same thing if you just smudge a couple letters together. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Kyle. Yeah. Okay, okay, Arthur Fleck. Yeah. Um so yes, overall, what a performance. Performance of his lifetime. I mean, he's he is the greatest actor of his generation. I said on Twitter that uh, you know, the Joker stole stole another Academy Award away from Robert Downey Jr. because he was up for uh an Academy Award when he did Tropic Thunder but lost to Heath Ledger and everyone was like, give nominate Robert Downey Jr. for his role as Iron Man. And I said he stole it. I was like, you know, Joaquin Phoenix deserves it. He's not stealing. I was like, you're reading too much into the the steal. Like he's not like like it, Joaquin Phoenix is much more deservedly deserves that Academy Award than Robert Downey Jr. I was being more like facetious in my you know, quote unquote word stole. So I think that it's funny that Robert, Robert Downey Jr. is going to lose to another Joker. If that's better to people. Cause I took a lot of shit for that. Look so. here, Justin, we know you like your internet clickbait. Okay. Just admit. It, I right? know. It's like, I'm, it's like, um, but yeah, he, he's so, he brings such a rich, uh, interesting take on this character. It's it's I don't know how to explain it. It's unlike anything we've seen with the character, but it's also very familiar. Um, I know that makes no sense whatsoever, but it's I don't know how else to explain it than that. It's like he puts a fresh spin on this character of the Joker, but it you know it just feels in a good way. Yeah, yeah. In a good. It's way. not like the Jared Leto. Like I watched that the other day. I was like, God damn. That's- he just needs to modulate a little bit more. I know people are like, oh, you can't be that hard on Jared Leto. He didn't get that much screen time. 
you know, give he deserves another chance. And I'm just like, have you have you seen his character? <laughs> I don't want to see another he second says, of that. Hubba hubba. Hubba hubba. Like in like that's a line in Suicide Squad. Hubba hubba. And I'm not saying that he can't play the role again if he had a better director. I'm sorry, David Ayer. I didn't mean it that way, but you know, a better you know, he No Justin, he, it was the movie studio. Ah! I don't buy that either. Give me the air cut. Release the air cut. Oh, by the um, way, if you'd like to uh, leave an anger comment, by all means go right ahead. Because I know we've probably pissed off some people <laughs> just now. <laughs> hey, I don't mind I want the I wanna see the Snyder cut. You know, Mark talked about that and last time we just came on, talked about when we may or may not see that Snyder cut. So bring on the Snyder cut. I'm all but the air cut, like I don't, I don't foresee like another hour and a half of footage for Suicide Squad. Like I don't see, I don't see that movie. You know, the the problem I see is if they did add, add extra footage like that, it'd probably just be extra scenes of them meandering around the city doing something that doesn't matter at the end. And they like the, the you know, not getting too far into Suicide Squad, but like their problems weren't just acting it was like the narrative structure like that whole twist at the end oh like the whole plan is to get her out like you didn't need to then it didn't need to be a secret it was like a secret that was only there to create tension for the audience it doesn't make any logical sense in the universe of the movie itself and, and it's not good tension either just like, like oh who's this mysterious person they're going to go save? Oh my god. Oh, it's just it's just Waller. I'm just like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh god. It's like, are they gonna save Bruce Wayne? Are they gonna who who are they save? Oh. <laughs> I'd much rather have them save a fucking teddy bear than Amanda Waller in this in Suicide Squad. That would have been much more interesting. Like the teddy bear for uh Will Smith's character, Deadshot. Like I gotta get this teddy bear for my daughter. That's like that would have made more sense than we gotta get Amanda Waller out of here. What she could just walk, just walk out the front door. She had armed security for two. I know. What the hell? It's like okay, so you're gonna off your own armed security man, but then you're gonna bring in a different group of armed people, including Rick Flag and Captain Boomerang. And then why do you kill? Slipknot. <laughs> what the hell? All right, I, we we could we could just what turn this into a, uh, a bash on Suicide Squad cast all we want, <laughs> but uh, we're gonna have to do, like I am so game for that. Let's see if Nate wants to come on for that one. Yeah, I'll it get just, I'll get the beers. You you get Nate, and we'll have a good grand old time. Like I like Will Smith in it. Margot Robbie's amazing. I actually do like the action. But, like, it just makes no sense. Like, I love seeing Bruce Wayne, Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne in it. The Flash made, you know, was interesting in that film, too. But I'm like, what the hell is going on? Did you realize that the introduction to Slipknot was the majority of his screen time? The, you mean the introduction of his, uh, his, of power, his, of sli- his ability? Uh, if, of Slipknot his skill. Is- the introduction of Slipknot was his conclusion. Basically. <laughs> uh. But anyway, but I, I just liked everything 
like the Joker is definitely over the top. He's a garish comic book character. But modulation is important. Like even when like Jack Nicholson or Heath Ledger are over the top in, you know, Batman and the Dark Knight, like I'll, I'll give you two examples. When Joker's over the top in the parade sequence, that is like makes sense because it's a parade. You you're you're trying to you know rouse the crowd. There's a moment in the Dark Knight where he is over the top, where he is uh, where he sees Batman on the ground. He grabs his knife and he kind of like does like you know that thing, mm-hmm. like that's over the top, but it's played. In with the, the Joker scene. can get a little showboaty at some time. Yeah, of course. But like Jared Leto's versions, like there is no modulation. He he's always over the top. He's uh, like, and as like it was much more Cesar Romero than it was, you know, an Alan Moore or a Scott Snyder take or a Paul Dini take. It was much more like that's you know that's how I kind of look at that. I'm not saying that. I, you know, I'd like to see him take on the role again. That's just never going to happen. You're so right. Um, it, it, it's a lot like if Susan Romero's Joker was trying to be an edgy 2000s gangster. Yeah, like that's what it felt like to me. It was just like, you know, like hubba hubba. Like, do you want to take get a dance from my girlfriend? And then he kills her. I was like, I was like, what? <laughs> like, even for the Joker, I'm just like, that makes no sense. Who wrote this fucking script? So, uh, but back to Joaquin Phoenix, like it was, he, as he was going, he was elevating his, his himself, but he was, the more he was elevating himself, the more he was kind of losing his faith in, uh, losing his faith kind of a thing, which was an interesting choice. And another thing that I really liked about, and I hope that they kind of play this up and I kind of alluded to this in, you know, a few tweets and I've definitely talked about this in private to a few people is the, the idea that he has like this Tourette's type, uh, symptoms of laughter. Like it's uncontrollable. It happens at any time. I love that. I really hope that that play is played up in the comic books where it's uncontrollable. He just laughs to laugh and like the worst thing ever. Like you see, you know what I'm saying? It's so, such an interesting layer to the character that i've never expected before like i love that you know when todd phillips wrote that scott silver you know helped you know finish that script he was able to really really make that a thing in the script as this you know this uncontrollable like this mental defect that he had we're just like he just laughs for no reason hey i've you know i have this i have this condition i'm not laughing at you and the laugh, you know, made people un- uncomfortable. And I really did like how the, they utilized that, too. Like you said, it, it's kind of an explanation of why does he laugh the way he laughs? Well, it's because of this. But it's also a, a tool that helps kind of push him down the path he's going. And it gets him into trouble quite a bit throughout the movie. Uh, most notably on the subway with those rich kids and also at the uh, the, the club where he's telling his jokes. Those two sequences yeah. in particular. Um, and I really, you know, he does it. He does it when he is on the train and with that little kid, and the that the mom is like, "WTF?" The biggest bitch of all time, by the way. 
Leave my kid alone. How dare you entertain my son while we're stuck on this bus right now. So. I'm looking forward to seeing it again. I really, I feel like there were a few things that I missed performance wise. Um, Another thing that I enjoyed other than like Todd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix, that score was so good. Like it felt like the it felt like he it felt like the Hans Zimmer theme, but it was wholly its own thing. Right. It's so good, and it's felt so, you know, um, it felt such like such a perfect. It felt like such a perfect, you know, addition to the Joker, because it's you know in the Dark Knight, whenever we see the Joker, we get that you know that. That that score, you know, that tension, you know, like knives on a guitar string or whatever. But this this thing's like played out throughout the entire thing, um, which were and it works very effectively. The only thing that I didn't understand was he likes to dance a lot. I never understood that. Yeah, that seemed a little bit more random because at least with the laughing, you're like, oh, well, that's a that's a condition he has. But like the dancing. Right. I don't know if it's explained in his backstory. I mean, I know he liked to dance with his mother, but I don't know if that's just a habit or, or what that was. I don't know, because he when he kills right after he makes that first killing on the on the train, on the subway, he dances and then he's dancing again at the end. It's just It's like a some sort of form of therapy for him. It's like it's relaxing almost. Like a thrill kill kind of a thing. Like now, like he did it. Now he's just kind of like dancing to his whatever. I don't know. I don't. I'm, I'm no psychologist. So me trying to explain that, you know, I'm I'm a fucking idiot. So, <laughs> um, what did you think of the score? Loved it. I I don't remember who was the composer for it, but I Hildor I something. Hildor. Hill. Yeah, Hildor Gord. You'd have to. I couldn't pronounce her name. It's not a name I recognize, but I loved it. Every every time the score would kick in, I was just like, "Oh, yes, this is complimenting what's happening on the screen so perfectly." And then just the escalation throughout the entire film. Beautiful. It was like it was like going to like a five star restaurant. <laughs> you're gonna get that appetizer. You're gonna get that entree. And then that end was like the perfect dessert. It was just enough. But I would have, like I said, I would still would have preferred another action beat and about a couple more minutes of him and Joker makeup. Like for sure. Like that full regalia where he is like in that 80s, you know, suit, you know, with, you know, the green hair, all that stuff. So, um, so here's a question for you. Here's an answer. We got little Bruce Wayne in the movie. Do you think that was a little bit too much? Like, do you think they should have spent so much time focusing on Bruce Wayne being in the movie and then eventually ending with his parents' death? Did you think it took away too much from the Joker and what he was going through in this movie? No, I thought it was an interesting... uh... I feel like if you didn't add Bruce into it, people would have been like, oh, where was Bruce Wayne? Like we're in Gotham. Like Thomas Wayne is running for mayor. Like I liked all the Thomas Wayne stuff. I don't know if having Bruce Wayne and his and Alfred was necessarily worth it. Alfred with a beard was weird. 
Wasn't that weird? I, w- I was not expected on the show up. I'm just like, wait, is that is that Alfred? Is that a beard? <laughs> he's, like, he's got a beard and he doesn't bearded have, Alfred was he, weird. He, he's young, so he doesn't have any that like, gray hair. Well, he has a little bit of gray hair, I guess, but not a lot. Um, it was just it was just weird. It would like I didn't mind that. I didn't mind any of that. You know, I didn't mind the uh, mom was telling him that you know Thomas Wayne was his father, but in fact, or maybe not. In fact, kind of how it was played off at the end, where uh, where uh, Arthur was adopted, because you know it just it's such an interesting look at a character like. And then, like, what another thing that I liked is how I, I'm not a fan of those movies that kind of like play into like the, you know, the things that are happening during the time frame that we are living in. But it was so like I liked all the things that kind of like we saw, like those like moments that were so subtle, where he's talking about how you know society doesn't care for it's mentally ill. I mean, that's such an interesting. And such a sad, true statement. Um, I liked how it talked about, you know, how, you know, the media plays up things that it shouldn't. And it's making, you know, a bad guy, the, a hero by constantly. To, I mean, how many t- how many school shootings have we seen? How many, you know, how, how many times have we seen, you know, a crazy person? Um, be sensationalized by the media and you know it was you know I I really I wouldn't say I enjoyed that because that means I would condone that kind of behavior but I did I did think that the way that it handled those moments how subtle that was they did a good job if that makes sense I can get behind that um Anything you didn't like? Uh, the closest I would come to saying I didn't like something was probably the Bruce Wayne stuff. That's a minor nitpick at best, really. Overall, uh, I just felt. Like would you find it un- unnecessary? Unnecessary. I mean, I I get what they're trying to do, trying to be like, oh, look, the the actions of the Joker inspired the killer of Bruce Wayne's parents. Okay, I guess, but like that to me, that wasn't completely necessary. Like that—that's something I didn't necessarily need explained in the Joker movie. I mean, if you lose those moments, if you lose Bruce Wayne and all that stuff, if they just—if they didn't have that plot point of Bruce, maybe the brother of the Joker, you lost that. That doesn't affect the film as a whole. Yeah, I mean, you literally could—you—you literally could have had. That sequence at the end where Bruce is walking with Thomas and Martha, and that just be it, and that would have yeah, been yeah. Because like, as long enough. as Thomas Wayne's established, we we know we know what that means. Oh, there's Thomas Wayne with a woman and a child walking into an alley. I wonder what that means. You know, it's like we, we get it. You know, you don't need to ham fist it too much. Yeah, like they could have just they could have just cut that whole sequence out. Um, I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to you know establish. I thought they were trying to establish like here's their first like. Uh, it kind of 
like I said, it kind of like kind of felt like another. And I just thought of this. It was like, remember in Batman 89 where Bruce meets Jack for the first time, you know, in the alleyway where he's killing Thomas and Martha Wayne. Like it kind of felt like that. It was kind of like back to like it was like the greatest hits of like all the best Joker stuff that we've ever seen. But in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely glad that they didn't have the Joker kill Martha and Thomas Wayne this time. That would have been a little thought, too much. <laughs> I'm like, oh, not this shit again. So um, I really love the cinematography, too. I love the look of Gotham City. Um, I, I honestly I, have a really hard time believing that it was Todd Phillips that directed this movie. I'm like, I know the hangover guy. <laughs> This is a beautifully shot movie, so well composed and directed. I just, I was. I mean, but if you look at the Hangover, like even for comedies, it's something good to look at. I suppose. I mean, I mean, he did Starskin Hutch too. Like even those film, that film was beautifully shot, composed, and the action. You know, he's talented, but to me, but yes, I see what you're saying. Like, he brought his A game here, hundred percent. He's like. Like it's like kind of he like grew up, like he kind of like from Starsky and Hutch and The Hangover, he did War Dogs and then like right to this. Mm -hmm. So it made me actually like at first I was like, all right, I can I can handle a one and done Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie, but now I'm kind of like, kind of want more. (laughs) Like I was spoon fed that, and you know I was having a conversation with, with a good friend of ours. We're talking about like the shared universe, how this really could fuck up the DC shared universe, um, because now there, there's an opportunity where people are like, give me a Deathstroke movie. Give me a Black Label Lex Luthor movie. And I'm like, well, you know, it does pose problems because, you know, even I was getting text messages this week. It's like, you know, someone literally texted me. He's like, you can never yell at me for the Marvel timeline again, Justin, with this DC timeline. <laughs> literally dot 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 wtf deciphering the dc timeline is whole whole can of worms i mean it's only gonna get worse too because you have batman's gonna be in its own separate universe and it's not really gonna more you know shoot over you're gonna have supergirl without superman (laughs) where where does wonder woman how does doom patrol joker the batman and man versus (laughs) bad what was I say? Batman versus Superman fit in all of this. It's like, uh, <laughs> it doesn't. And then you got to deal with Wonder Woman too. Where does that, I mean, is she, is that going to be the last Wonder Woman movie? And then they're going to reboot her. What about Aquaman two? What about the trench? Where does the trench fall on the line here? Even let's appeasement to James Wan because James Wan wants to do the, the trench. Like it's back to look, what the fuck are they doing over there? Like, I get it. Like, and, you know, my friend's like, look, creatively great, theatrically great, made money. But this movie needed to be done 10 years ago. Not in a post-Avengers, not in a post-Endgame world. And I saw his point, and I got yeah, it. It made I sense s- to me. I can see where he's coming from as well. Like, you're affecting the IP as successful as this film is and it's going to be. And, you know, the awards and everything, it just, unless they retcon Joaquin Phoenix's Joker into, you know, the Matt Reeves Batman, I don't see them doing. I think he casts his own character. 
um, would be interesting to see who he really, you know, puts into, you know, puts into place there. Um, it's really everything kind of screws up because now you're going to have a producer who's going to go to go to Warner Bros. Like, all right, I have an idea for a Lex Luthor movie. And that could be successful as well. But then you want that – if Alec Baldwin's cash as, as Lex Luthor for that one-off, you want that Lex Luthor to be in that f- future uh, Superman film without, you know, without Henry Cavill. So mm-hmm. It's just like, what the fuck? Why didn't they just shut the universe down? Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's confusing. And this is coming from a perspective of like hardcore fans. You know, Trying to imagine your casual moviegoer that's like now – when is this guy going to come in this movie? And, you know, cause they're all using the Marvel setup and they're like, I, I don't know how to understand this universe works. And then when we get the new jokers, like what happened? Was this Joker movie, the C- the prequel to this Joker? Is, it, is this the same person? Same Where's character? Joaquin Phoenix? Where's Heath Ledger? And I, I don't know that, you know, not always people, people are not always going to be asking that. Cause obviously we got, you know, in the Marvel, we got the new Hulk just fine. Did you say, Oh, yep. New Hulk. You know, it's fine. It was, but, but, but hold on, that Hulk was was retcon. That new Hulk was retcon into an already pre-existing universe. This yeah. Joker is being taken out of the existing universe, and it's his own film that has no tie back to the DC cinematic universe. Yeah, There's it's, the it's issue. A lot more, it's a lot more complicated. And I'm not. I'm not saying that. You know, I. Ha- I. I'm glad we got this film. Uh, you know, when it first was announced, um, you know, I was like, we don't need to see this movie. There's no Batman in it. What WTF? How does that work? How can you have Joker without Batman? But it worked. They made it happen. They made it work. I'm kudos to Todd Phillips and company, um, and kudos to me for my good so- sources because not to toot my own horn, even though I'm going to. Um, I told you so. I fucking told you so. And I took a lot of shit online for a long time. If I could show you all the DMs. You're stupid. You don't know what you're talking about with the Joker. You haven't seen the script. All this crazy stuff. Like, <laughs> bitch, please. So, um, where, do, where does this, where does Joaquin Phoenix Joker, you know, kind of stack up for you? In regards to, like, of the Jokers that we've seen prior. Oh, um, I don't think he's my favorite. The fact that I'm not unsure at this point probably means he won't be. I think Heath Ledger is for a long time going to be my favorite of the Jokers. But there was definitely a lot of magic at work here with with uh, Joaquin Phoenix's. I just. Real, I was really invested in in the journey and everything that was going on with him. Are you gonna see this movie again? You know, I this movie is not one of those feel good movies. Like I watched it, I felt a little sick because of some of the stuff that was happening, a little uneasy. And I got out, and I'm like, that was an incredibly well made movie. But I don't know if I'm gonna go see it again. It's kind of like that Interstellar, like. Like interstellar. It, I mean, it happens. There, there are definitely like movies out there where you're just like, damn, this is dark and like maybe, saving private Ryan, maybe feel awful. And it, even though it's incredibly well made and like flawless in its execution, I don't know if I want to see it again. <laughs> I mean, are you going to buy it on, you know, Blu-ray DVD? 
Probably. So I guess I'll probably really? eventually watch it again. Um, masterpiece. Uh, where does Joaquin Phoenix? I think he's like a step under Heath Ledger, uh, and definitely better than Jack Nicholson. And I say that as a huge fan of Jack Nicholson's Joker. That's some high um, praise right there from you. I know, like, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to take a lot of shit for this. Um, and you know, I may change my mind here too. You know, I might see it again and I ha- get a wholly different experience from it. You know, I might watch, you know, Batman 89 again and might get a, you know, different experience now that I've seen this film. Um, but as it sits, Heath Ledger, Joaquin Phoenix, Nicholson, Hamill, uh, Leto, Romero. So, um, anything else that we need to touch on? I do want to say that I really do like the the look and the feel of Gotham City. Like yes. that was like the best looking <laughs> Gotham City. This is that like we've the seen. like the first depiction of Gotham City where you're just like, wow, this is this place is a dump. Who would ever want to live here? <laughs> Like, like it that, really felt like Tim Burton, but like 2019 version, but 1980, whatever that was. Like, that's what it felt like. And I love that. And I hope that we get that in Matt Reeves. I love Nolan's take on Gotham City. I love the Narrows, but I miss that in uh, The Dark Knight and, Ri- and The Dark Knight Rises because it was like a little too clean for me. Whereas this Gotham City felt like. I if I were to like go shop in Gotham City, I'd need a shower immediately when I get home. Whereas you know, The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises, I felt like I would if I went shopping, I couldn't afford anything that I bought. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but I liked it. It kind of felt like an Anton first look. Uh I mean, did you didn't you, did you did you miss the end credit scene, Kyle? Kyle, did you see the end credit scene? I know you're pulling my leg right now. No, the end, like young Bruce Wayne's chilling with Alfred, and then all of a sudden there's a bat that comes into like breaks through the glass, and then he vows to be uh, Batman, and then it and then at the at the end it says Gotham season six. You're about to make me kick you out the show, aren't you? <laughs> Um, closing thoughts on the Joker. I want to, I do want to talk about this again. I do want to see this again. I want to get, I want to see this again. And if you're down for it, Kyle, I'd like to talk to you about it. I, we were supposed to get Nate on, but he just got busy with some things. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely have him on or Mark on or Dan Alter on to talk about this film, the aftermath of it. Um, anything that we missed that, you know, cause I'm wrecking my brain. We kind of hit all the important notes you know, to me, this movie's a masterpiece. A A A plus. Um, loved it. Can't wait to see it again this weekend. I was gonna go yesterday, but I got tied up with like fifty other things I had to do. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything, any any big points we should have touched on for the movie. Nothing's jumping out at me at the moment. No, like everyone in the everyone who's doing anything in this film is amazing. I mean, this is Robert Downey Jr.'s. Yeah. All the now, acting's Robert, great. Robert uh, De Niro's. Best Robert movies, De Niro's. <laughs> best uh, best uh, movie he's done in some time as well. Um, I like Mark Maron. I liked Joaquin Phoenix, Zazie Beetz, 
The Joker's mom was really good. You know, everyone is like at the top. Even the B and C players are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't anything that was over the top. It, everyone played it, played the strengths. So loved it. Can't wait to see it again. A masterpiece, a modern masterpiece. Like everything worked for me. Everything, you know, I didn't think we were, we were getting this movie. I didn't think that. So anything else, Kyle? It's going to do it for me. Um, what, what, hold on, hold on. What would, if you were to grade this movie, what would you give it? Uh, an A question mark, <laughs> I guess I need to, I need to think about it some more, but that's, that's where I'm leaning towards. Do you want to see a sequel? No, I don't know where they could take a sequel. I mean, if, if there's a talented writer, writer out there that can do it, then sure. But I'm just like trying to think and I'm like, I, I don't see how you can like have another Joker focused story once he's already become the Joker. I mean, that's where it kind of can get fun, right? Yes and no. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm happy. I can't, I can't wait to see this again. I'm glad everyone, you know, everyone was safe and everyone enjoyed it. Number one movie, 96 million beat out justice league. Beat out Wonder Woman, Aquaman. Um, probably do. And it's curious to see. Already moving beating out those ones. Yeah, I'm curious to see if it does Venom money. If it, I don't think it'll get up to a billion. I don't expect it to. Um, do I think it'll get to 700? Uh, I definitely think it'll go over 500 internationally. Uh, probably do 40, 50 million this weekend. And then uh, we'll go from there. So, uh, yeah, the Joker masterpiece. Uh, let's make sure that uh, you are following us on the social medias. Uh, you can find Kyle on Twitter at Looting Kyle. And find me on Twitter at Batman Challenge. Make sure that you like, maybe subscribe, whatever you got to do to keep listening to this podcast. Find us on uh, Twitter at Shailen on Bat. You can find us on Facebook at Shailen on Batman podcast and make sure that you are liking, retweeting all that good stuff that we ever always show and make sure that you are reading, reading Drew Keese's uh, review of the Joker on our website at www.shailen on Peace. Later.